over, over the years. So I wasn't a minister at the time when, when I actually, yeah, baptized each of my kids. I think Lindsay was a part of this congregation when she was baptized, but my boys, we were elsewhere and raising kids at a youth home when uh, I had the opportunity to baptize them. Hey, the, the message is this, dads, moms, in your home, you have the best opportunity. It's not my best opportunity. It's not any, Matthew's best opportunity. You have the best opportunity to introduce your children to Jesus. That he's real, that he's genuine, and that you love him. It, that's my story. You know, my dad and mom both loved Jesus. And, and uh, even in my rebellion time, uh, I couldn't do anything but return to that. So... I encourage you to be the youth ministers in your kids' life and the children's ministers. Uh, we, we will assist in every way we can, but you have the greatest opportunity to love Jesus in front of your family. Please, please, please do it. And that's kind of our message. Uh, Paul says this. I remind you, chapter 1, verse 27, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. That was, that was a message to the Philippians. Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Well, what does that look like? Live Christmas. That's our series. Live Christ. Live Christ more. That's a, he's our pursuit. He's our pursuit. And, and I believe that, that uh, Paul absolutely lays that, that idea down for them to live in a way that's different from this world, in a way that is absolutely uh, resembling the life of Jesus. Amen? Isn't that right? Yeah, it absolutely is correct. So here's where we've been. Uh, the first week we dealt with uh, this idea that, that to live Christ more, we must live selfless. As we see in Philippians chapter 2, that was definitely identified for unity. Uh, think of others more or, or more highly than you do yourself. To think of others uh, and, and, and to think of yourself less. Uh, to live Christ more, we must learn to live with a generous heart. Our God is generous in his giving. Our God is generous in his giving. Jesus came into this world and, and lived a life of generosity and of giving. And, and uh, as, as Paul said, we, we ought to have that mind of Christ. That's our pursuit. Now this morning, well actually, uh, I just wanted to re remind you that there's been a couple of challenges we've laid out as we've gone through this, something that, where we could practice these things, and, and it is in the area of giving. Uh, the family, or Jackson Novorowski, uh, we've been contributing uh, towards their need. Jackson is the one who, who was diagnosed with lymphoma as we approach this, and and we wanted to join one of our families is very close to them. And uh, so uh, as a way of ministry and loving on that family, not part of the church, but uh, a family that needs loved. And, and what, a, what an opportunity for the church to step up and, and love on the Novorowskis. And so uh, we are continuing to take contributions till January 3rd. And then we're going to uh, deliver that to them. This last week, we challenged uh, a contribution to the JCPC. Now, I know that it, it uh, we, we, I, matter of fact, I use these words, Junction City Pregnancy Center, and I've been corrected. That's the Jesus Christ Pregnancy Center, but it says JCPC, so I went right to Junction City. So, shame on me. 
right? But anyway, uh, uh, so many of you had that card and, and got online to see uh, contributions. Several of the things throughout the week has been brought up here, diapers and, and pacifiers and, and other items that specifically they're down on. So if you brought some today, appreciate that. Uh, appreciate your generous hearts in, in giving to that great organization. Uh, but on to this morning. On to this morning. Uh, one other area that I think is really important. It is in that idea of our celebration. It is in that idea of uh, appreciating what we've been given uh, in, in, the, in Jesus coming into this world. We've been in, in Philippians chapter 2. Last week we dealt with the first part of what, what we said. You know, Many identify it as a hymn. Whether Paul had a hand in writing it or whether it was one that the church has embraced. To tell you honestly, it is very foundation to what we believe, this passage. Beginning in verse 6 through verse 11. Last week we dealt 6 through 8. And this morning we're looking at 9 through 11. Where I believe it, it has that idea that, 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 that it, it speaks about the exaltation of Christ. The exaltation of Jesus. And, and I do believe that, that we have an opportunity in this life to play our part in that exaltation. Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Let's, let's pick it up and read there. In verse 9, it says, therefore, but, but in the first few phrases of this song, it identifies that Jesus did not uh, see equality with God. Matter of fact, one verse says that he made himself nothing or he emptied Himself. That was Jesus coming into this world. He emptied himself. He became human. And not only that, but he came to serve, even to the point of service on the cross. So the therefore follows that. And it says, therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Now, it is, it is absolutely a privilege. I will say this. It is absolutely a privilege to take part in the exaltation of Jesus. For us to come this morning and to worship, to, to be thankful to God, but also to have a part and exalting Christ for who he is and, and how God has raised him and renamed him. But let, let's begin here. You know, to, to see this privilege, it starts here. That the fact that, one, God exalted Jesus um, after his obedience to death. After, actually, after his coming into this world and his obedience to death. I already mentioned uh, 6 through 8, where Jesus emptied himself. He came into this world to serve and to sacrifice. Last week we talked about he didn't come to take some kind of place of recognition, to be seated upon a throne and, and to be identified in, in some wonderful name that everybody is, is speaking. He came as a servant. He came as a servant. Um, God then, well, matter of fact, before I, I go here, uh, it, it really is a principle that Jesus has set up for all of us. It's a principle that he lived out in his life. Jesus said as he was talking about the, the religious leaders at that time, man, they were loving positions to be acknowledged. 
they, they wanted to be noticed. So they prayed on the street corners, uh, a lot of the things they did, in order that they could be recognized, so they could be exalted. You know, wow, look at them in their service. Look how they worship God. It was that, that kind of idea. But Jesus, in that same passage, Matthew 23, and in verse 12, Jesus laid out this principle. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Did you hear that? Those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. Jesus came into this world doing what? Absolutely turned his back on everything that was his. A unity with God, emptied himself, he humbled himself. And then verse 9 says that God exalted Jesus. But he's saying this to his disciples. We'll look at that again. I think that's important. God exalted Jesus to the highest place. It really does lead to the question, well, where was he before? Because we, last week we talked about that Jesus preexisted. I mean, he had to empty himself coming into this world. He existed before. John chapter 1 makes it very sure, uh, very clear that he was there in the beginning at creation. He is that one with God. God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God was there in the very beginning. So how, I mean, how much more exalted could he be? Wasn't he already exalted in that place of God? Can you raise him any higher is the question. But after his crucifixion, after his time in this world, here is how he was exalted. Matter of fact, we, we see how Paul's laid it out. It was simply in this, that... that uh, that he exalted him to the highest place and he gave him the name that is above every name. But in, in Acts chapter 2, verse 32, I think, I think Peter in that first sermon has the opportunity to, to repeat with every word what, what uh, God has done with Jesus. Let me go to that. Acts chapter 2, verse 32 says, God has raised this Jesus to life, his resurrection. And, and we are all witnesses of it. Now again, before this sermon began, they broke out in speaking in tongues and, and all the people that were gathered together for the Passover, people of, of other nations and, and speaking in other languages, they were hearing uh, messages from each of these men in their own tongues. And it was a miraculous thing. So all these people gathered together and, and what Peter said to them, hey, this Jesus who was crucified, uh, God has raised him from the dead. And we're, we saw it. We saw him. And he is exalted to the right hand of God. He has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. It's totally his fault. For David did not ascend to heaven. And yet he said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. So what does it mean? I, I, the action of God exalting Jesus. Pay attention. Here's the action of God uh, lazing, raising him to the highest place. Uh, it is his resurrection. From, from death, he, he, he was able to conquer and and raised to life, never to die again. In that glorious form, he was brought up from the dead. And matter of fact, it's here also where Jesus is vindicated. 
For all those who, who denied him. For all those who, who have rejected him. Uh, throughout that time he was here on earth, he was vindicated. And he ascended into heaven. He ascended into the heavens. And, and some call this his coronation. Matthew especially points out how through Jesus his kingdom has come. His kingdom has come into this world. And, and, and Jesus is the one who, who brings it forth. And now... Jesus is ascended to heaven to sit upon that throne. Scripture says that he is now seated at the right hand of God. That's the place of glory. That's the place uh, that, that uh, uh, we, we could definitely recognize him as significant to, to this relationship with God. He's also not only ascended, but then he also gave him a name that is above all other names. The only name that, that it refers to in the passage is the name Lord. To give him the designated, designation of Lord. Uh, he is Lord of Lords, King of Kings. We go into the Old Testament and see where that is significant. In Acts, uh, Peter says that God has now made him both Lord and Christ or Lord and the Messiah, the one who was to come. And, and why is that significant for you and I? Because there at the right hand of God, what does he do but he intercedes for you and I? There's a reason you're here celebrating. <laughs> Jesus came into this world for you and I. He came in so that we will know that he, he came to reveal God. Uh, to, to reveal him and, and to show us this salvation that came through his death. God has exalted him. God has exalted Christ. We're not a part of that. It was God who lifted him up. It was God who gave him the name. But we still have a place. We have uh, an opportunity to respond. The second point I want to make is that every knee and every tongue will acknowledge Jesus as Lord. You see, the whole world, every, everyone in humanity has the opportunity to respond to Jesus and his coming. Everyone has that opportunity. Verse 10 says, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. That's a response. I, the, the first question that might come up when, in reading that is, does that mean everyone's saved? That, that every knee and every tongue is going to confess, uh, every knee humbly is going to bow before God, and every tongue is going to confess, is, is that what that means? I, I know there is some theology out there that says, oh, everybody's going to be good. He came, he loves us so much, that, but, but that's not the message. God gives us a choice whether we want to choose Jesus in, his, in this new position. If we want to accept the one who's seated at the right hand of God, his means of salvation. We have that opportunity to choose, and many do. Matter of fact, in Isaiah chapter 45, it's interesting to go back and see, well, where, where does he get this idea of every knee shall bow and the tongue confess, except out of Isaiah chapter 45? To read through that chapter, it, it, it identifies what you see a lot of the Old Testament prophets identifying with, that the people of God at that time, they continued to turn from uh, the truth. They continue to turn to, to stones and, and sticks and, and to create for themselves a deity. And, and God, in his frustration, spoke through the prophets, you know, saying, The trouble is coming because you have continuously disobeyed. 
But in Isaiah chapter 45, beginning verse 22, here's a, a, a place that identifies the knees that are bowing and the tongues that are confessing. 45, 22 through 24 says, Turn to me, this is God speaking, Turn to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth. That's been God's call all along. He has wanted to be recognized for who he is. Who is he? He's God. Let's say he is the creator. He's why you're here. Not only that he created all things, but you belong to him. You belong to him. For I am, and that's what he says, for I am God and there is no other. By myself I have sworn my mouth uh, has uttered in all integrity a word that will not be revoked. The word is this, I am God and there is no other. That's part of what, what is laid out. And then he, he speaks in this, before me every knee will bow, by me every tongue will swear. Again, swearing what? You are the one and only. You are the God. Recognition. That, that now through Christ, we have that same opportunity. What's interesting, verse 25 comes along. And, and it was, so, so does that mean everybody, every knee and every is going to confess, okay, God, you exist and we believe in you? No, because verse 25 comes along and it says that first of all, there are those who are going to be delivered. Those who receive, those who are part of his people, they're going to be delivered. But there are going to be those who reject and they will be put to shame. When they, it's not in receiving. We have this opportunity to receive Christ, to acknowledge him as Lord, to ask forgiveness of our sinfulness because of our waywardness. We have the opportunity today to receive him as God has seated him. You know, as Lord, to, to receive his salvation as, as our own, or his, his death as our own, his covering, his atonement. But there are those who are going to continue to reject. There are those who are going to continue to reject. And on that day, when they acknowledge Jesus as Lord, as they hit their knees, it's going to be out of shame. The realization that he is Lord. We, the fact that we've rejected, so, I mean, throughout the scriptures, we know it's the sheep and the goats, the, divide, the dividing. It is that ultimate uh, message of, listen, there is, there is judgment to come, a separation. And, and, and we know that the only means by which we overcome the judgment or pass the judgment is if Jesus represents me. Not because I've done everything well. Good luck with that. If you're trusting yourself and you're going to stand before God alone. Scripture is very clear that every one of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Correct? We need Jesus. I'm looking forward to the day when I stand before God. In all my brokenness and sinfulness, guess who I'm looking for? Jesus. <laughs> because I have to be, I honestly admit before God... I am unable to stand on my own, but I've received Christ. He is mine. But my hope is he speaks up for me, right? (laughs) He's going to speak up for me at that time. I want to move on to the last. There's there's one other phrase. So, So again, just to remind you, God has exalted him. 
We, we don't exalt him in any place. We don't make him Lord. There's that phrase, you need to make him Lord in your life. Well, Jesus is Lord. God has made him Lord. Have you received him? Have you accepted him, the Savior that God has established for your salvation? And, and the last phrase I think is so important for us to see in, in verse 11. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. To the glory of God the Father. Jesus, why did Jesus come into this world? Why is it that Jesus entered into this world except for this reason? John states it in that first chapter. He states it again in chapter 8. But Jesus came into this world because he came as a light. A light that is going to reveal. Even in the Old Testament, when it had a, he, God had a nation of his own that should have been recognizing God as creator. That he is the only one. That, that even in that sense, they continued to turn uh, other directions. They continued to go their own direction and pursue other gods. Gods that would, would satisfy themselves. He could, the world is just like that. That's our nature. Is that man? We're, what is that nature? It is to ignore God. It is to rebel against him and to reject him. That's the darkness of this world. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 12, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That's what he's given to us. He has brought to us. He has made the light of life. And now remember, uh, we have this opportunity to reflect him in this life, to live Christ more. That's our encouragement. Hey, listen, it's not just because it's December. It's our encouragement all year long, right? Live Christ more. May Jesus be your pursuit. May, may the reason that you continue to change and become more like Jesus, because he's made it very clear that we are to resemble him, that we are to reflect him. We're to become like him. Why do we celebrate this year? It's because he is Lord. And we can confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and, and that humbly we will pursue the life of Jesus in our own life. Right, Noah? Right, buddy? Yeah, that's the opportunity you began today. And man, we're, we're praying for you to grow in that way. It's each of our opportunities. I don't care how old you are. You're retired in life. Man, it is a continued pursuit of Jesus till your last breath. Anybody reach that pinnacle yet? Oh, I'm just like Jesus. Thank you for not raising your hand. And I'm not raising my hand. I'm just seeing if you want to raise your hand. Oh, man, I fail to be like Jesus. But that's why our message is so great. It's about God's grace. It's about, it's about his wonderful grace and mercy. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Because it's through Jesus that we now know peace between us and the Father. Not condemnation. Not brokenness. I'm not afraid of that day that I stand before God because my confidence, not in me, not in me, my confidence is in Jesus. Where's your confidence? Yeah. Absolutely. That, that's, that's why I could celebrate this time of year and all year long that Jesus came into this, into this world. Jesus came into this world to reveal God. 
Romans chapter 1, there would be another passage of scripture that God continues in this world. What is, in, his, in his wrath, it says. And what, how do we see his wrath? He keeps turning us. He, he just allows us. He turns us over to our sinful desire, our fleshly lust, our depraved minds. What do we see broken in this world? Isn't it incredible that lots of people turn and just blame God for all the ugliness in this world? It blows my mind. If you step back and just read the scriptures, that God has been there to offer a solution to our brokenness. And his name is Jesus. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So when it comes to this passage, let me read it all for you again. Beginning in verse 5. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset of Jesus Christ. Have that mindset. Be Christ more. Live Christ more. Why? Because Jesus went before us. Who being Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God uh, something to be used to his own advantage. He turned his back on that. Rather, he made himself nothing. He emptied himself. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. Oh my. How is it I would never approach God and get on my knees before him? Jesus humbled himself. I'm called to that humility. Remember what Jesus said. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those humble him themselves. And that's what we're called to do. To humble ourselves. And then allow him to do the exalting. Allow God to do the exalting. I'm looking forward to that day that, that I hope I enter into his presence. And this is my hope. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Aren't you, aren't you with me? Man, that pursuit of being like Jesus, living like Jesus. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's a, that's a hope. That's a pursuit. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. He became obedient to death, even death on the cross. We think about the manger coming into this world. You cannot, cannot lose the vision of the cross because he came to die. He came for that purpose, to be our salvation. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's his work, and it is good, and it is so good. It's why we celebrate Matter of fact, here it is. We have the opportunity to do these things. We have the opportunity to recognize, to acknowledge Jesus for who he is. We have that opportunity to recognize and acknowledge Jesus for who he is. That leads us to praise. That leads us to celebration. But it also ought to lead us to, to that place of proclamation. Of, of letting the people around us know who have yet to make that decision, who have yet to, to go to their knees and to proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. And he is your means of salvation. We've got a lot of work to do. Are you in agreement with that? Don't you agree? There's people out there who don't know Jesus as Savior. I'll pray for 2021 that that. This congregation, 
Let's make this the year that First Christian Church has the greatest pursuit of those in this community than we ever have before. People in our family who don't know Jesus. People in our neighborhoods who don't know Jesus. People where we work who don't know Jesus. People where we go to school who don't know Jesus. That they're going to have the greatest opportunity in this year uh, to come and know Jesus. It's his work. He wants to use us. Because as, as I said, Jesus is the light of the world. He said, you are the light of the world. He said that in John as well. He wants us to shine that same light he brought into this world so that God will be known. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you for Jesus. We praise you, Lord, for this time of year where, where all around us are, are celebrating and recognizing. It is our opportunity to clearly say that this is what we're celebrating. It is about Jesus coming into this world. Lord, and it's not just this month, but we celebrate it every single day to praise you for the salvation that we have, the means of our forgiveness always there, seated representing us in this life. Father, we praise you for Jesus. We praise you, Lord, for your action of salvation through grace that you've given to us. Help us, Lord, to be that church. Help us, Lord, to celebrate it well and to celebrate it in this community by serving and resembling Jesus in every move. May we be Christ more. Lord, lead us into this year. No matter the circumstances, no matter what comes, may Jesus be our great priority. May his message and the proclamation of that great gospel be what we pray about, what we speak about, and what we take into this community. It's in, it's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.